This episode is brought to you by J. Crew. This spring, J. Crew is telling a linen love story. From perfectly rumpled beach cover-ups and effortlessly sexy suiting to button-up shirts from the world-famous Baird McNutt Mill in Ireland, the new J. Crew collection is made to be shared, lived in, and loved for decades and generations to come. Shop linen like you've never seen it. And more new arrivals for spring 2024 at jcrew.com. The 2024 Subaru Outback Wilderness is built to take you further off the beaten path. It has 9.5 inches of ground clearance paired with standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, plus off-road wheels, rugged all-terrain tires, and advanced dual-function X-Mode to help get you through deep snow, gravel, and mud. The 2024 Subaru Outback Wilderness. Adventure elevated. To explore all you can do with the rugged Subaru Wilderness family of vehicles, visit Subaru.com wilderness. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Well, what is up, everybody? My name is Nate, and this is the Good Morning Liberty Podcast. With me, as always, my best friend in the world, my partner in Liberty, Mr. Charlie Thompson. How you doing, man? The one, the only. The one and only Charlie Thompson. <laughs> so, it's, I've got to tell you guys, you need to subscribe to this podcast. Just do it. Just I mean, do it. I don't know why I haven't done it yet. I mean, I you, look at my subscriptions every day. I know. I, I do too. So just subscribe to the podcast if you're listening on our website right now or wherever it is that you're consuming the content. Maybe it's a video that you're watching on Facebook, something like that. Uh, go to your podcast app and hit subscribe. We really would appreciate that because what we do every single day is very important to us, at least. But it should be important to everyone, I think. You know, we, got on, we get on here and we talk about liberty every day. Just liberty. You know, just that simple word that we've been hearing since we were kids, right? In case you don't know, the world's ending. Yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> and we're here to save it. That's that's the problem. <laughs> we're heading towards a cliff. All of us are in the same vehicle, heading over a cliff, and we want to stop it. So we're doing what we can to stop it. And it's is it because, like, why do you think we just talk about capitalism all the time? I mean, Well, even if we're evil Knievel and we build a ramp... To get over that cliff. Yeah. To the other side. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the Liberty ramp. That's it's, what it is. It's a good ramp. Yeah. It's, it's a good ramp to be on for sure. Well, we talk about life because that's what we're all doing with our consciousness <laughs> as we are In navigating case. life. And we talk about Liberty because life is meaningless without Liberty. And then that whole meaning word, we talk about the pursuit of meaning because without meaning life becomes meaningless <laughs> <laughs> that's, quite literally that is yes, what happens that's yeah so th the reason that we get on here and we talk about this stuff every single day is because we actually care about helping people and i think you guys care about helping people too everyone who's listening right now that that's what we want to get on here and do 
So while we get on here and we talk about free market capitalism and how we should have lower taxes and how the government is doing all these terrible, evil things, all that, we say all these things because we want to point us in a direction that could most that could help the most amount of people. And what we've seen throughout time is that the freer a society becomes, the more well-off that society becomes over time. And the more societies go towards things like socialism and communism, the more tens of millions of people starve to death. So we want to have the lowest amount uh, of people starving to death, which is which is what we've been able to accomplish here in the U.S. The bodies we keep that. The bodies stack up quickly. It's a lot, you know. It's yeah. quite a lot. I've been I've been uh, I listened. I finished that book by Rand Paul that I that I stole off of your Audible account, you know, um, because I am principled. Uh, I went <laughs> ahead and logged into your Audible account and listened to that book, and it was really good because in the book, The Case Against Socialism, Rand Paul goes through like every socialist society throughout history that you guys have heard about before. He goes through Russia, and you know, he talks about Lenin and Stalin, he talks about Hitler, talks about Pol Pot, they talk a lot about Venezuela, about Mao, and there's a lot of things in, there's a lot of things about Mao that I just, I didn't know, and it's something that we should talk more about, you know, Hitler was a terrible, terrible person, one of the worst people to ever exist. But we also have to remember Mao killed like 20 times more than Hitler did. Mm-hmm. You know, not 20, it's like 15 times more. They still celebrate him over there in China. They do, yeah. You can you can still see people celebrating him. He's not quite uh, of an as much of an evil figure as what the whole world agrees Hitler is. And that's always been really interesting to me how in our history books, we've in our movies, we've read and heard so much about what happened in Germany, which was terrible, obviously, but we've hardly heard anything about Pol Pot or Mao or really even Stalin for that matter. It's almost like they slide under the radar as if the deaths were justified. Yeah, that's the that's the scary part right. about it. Because the you know the, all they did was kill victim or we, kill the victimizers. Well, yeah, they they that's killed, all they did. They were killing the evil people. They were killing the evil rich people in their societies, or mm-hmm. the people who were capitalists, or the people who thought that that was uh, somehow a better system than the than the communist utopia they were trying to instill. They they killed all of those people, and for Stalin, it ended up being what between. 20 and 30 million, something like that. Um, I know Mao is at at least 80 million around, around that figure. Um, and obviously Hitler around 6 million. And all of these people were trying to do the same thing. They were trying to usher in a utopia for the masses so everyone would have the most perfect life possible. And that doesn't even include the deaths from World World War II. The, the actual war itself. Right. They actually attribute millions. It, it's something like ten million that they'll attribute to Hitler. You know, six million obviously um Jewish people in the Holocaust, and then they'll say like ten million total if you count all the people who died in the war and everything. So it's just been a lot of death. It's a lot of death that we've seen from these people who decided that um the capitalists were evil that they needed to get rid of the people who were uh by their account taking advantage of the poor the downtrodden in their society they needed to oust those people to get rid of them so they could usher in the great utopia and we saw how it played out and now the 20th, we're 20th the 20th century yeah man it was rough yes it was really rough and now we're just 
I don't want to be an alarmist and say that we're heading that way again because I don't think that kind of stuff would happen again. They didn't have they didn't have social media at that time. They didn't have the kind of media that we have right now. I don't think you you would get away with tens of millions of people starving to death in the streets as what's, easily as you could at that point in time. What's that one quote? I can't remember exactly how it goes. It's like first they came for something but I didn't care because I wasn't that person. Then they came yeah. for the journalists and I didn't care because I wasn't a journalist. But then they came for me. Yeah. And there was no one left to speak for me. Yep. Yep. That's so don't be so sure that it can't happen oh, I'm, again. I'm I'll I'm gonna be mindful Nathaniel. of it. I'm gonna be mindful of it. I'm just saying I think <laughs> you better it would be, have your eyes open. It would be a lot harder um to orchestrate the deaths of almost a hundred million people mm. uh in today's day and age. Uh but I I think that that, you know, the problem is I think that that mentality is still very strong I think, in people. I think you might have some wishful thinking <laughs> there. I'm going to go. Because think about it. If it's justified, I mean, that's I what that's what a lot of people think. They think that these, you know, they think even the Marxists today are still under the impression that these were justified killings. I know. I know. And and they, they're they're quick to point out that it's still a better system. Like. Who cares about the deaths? Yeah. Like it's still a better system, which in which in my estimation says that you actually don't regard life as intrinsically value anyway at all. Yeah. No, no, not life itself. Right. Just the things that you agree with that, that you're okay with. Um, that's what they view valuable. And I, and listen, I agree with you. Um, it, things like this, I can, it's possible, but what bothers me the most is the fact that, this mentality is still rampant around here. A, lo- a lot of people feel this way. So we're here to try and fight against that. That's what we're trying to do. Yeah. And so we talk about free market capitalism all the time because that's the best way for the most amount of people to be free. And if your society does become corrupt under free market capitalism, you have the highest chance of fixing that. And while it's becoming corrupt, you have the highest chance of the standard of living increasing for everyone during that time frame anyway. You know, when a socialist society becomes corrupt, 100 million people die. And when a capitalist society becomes corrupt, um, people are getting fat because there's too much food. And people are getting really rich, and the standard of living is still increasing very, very rapidly. It doesn't mean there aren't problems. No, there's problems. Because uh, you can't... You can't construct a society that doesn't have uh, corruption. No. You can't construct a society that doesn't have greed. You can't construct a society that doesn't have hate or murder or any of that. All that exists. It doesn't matter what kind of society you're in. Now, we're not saying we shouldn't work to try to help fix those problems, but the problem isn't with capitalism itself. It's with people. Yeah. It's with the person, and that's why... That's why we have this whole pursuit of meaning thing, because a lot of times it's deeper than politics, although we we thoroughly enjoy politics. I, I thoroughly, <laughs> kind of. I have not been enjoying it today. I'll tell you <laughs> well, about that here in a little bit. Well, you know, you kind of get down in the depths of it and you're like, yeah, there's no hope. I know. There's no hope. And I don't care what Obama says. There's, you know. <laughs> Hope's never good. Hope's never a good thing. <laughs> but you have to realize that I think the vast majority of, of Americans, at least, when you poll them, they're still they're pretty libertarian. Uh, I, and so I our that. yeah, our ideas I think most people agree with. They may disagree with a few things on a few schematics maybe. Yeah. But for the most part, most people want to just be left alone. I think in principle most people are libertarian. But yeah. in practice 
they feel that is too dangerous. So they don't really want to institute that. They don't want to actually allow the free society to happen because what if this bad thing happens or what if this bad thing happens? Um, so I think in principle, everyone's like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, philosophically, that makes sense. But but that could never work. That can never work. Well, and, what do uh, most people care about? You know, we've talked about this even at some, uh, you know, Young Americans for Liberty does a candidacy, like a candidacy, when you're running for office, they do like this little uh, candidacy, I guess, training. Yeah, the academy. And, yeah, the academy. And the thing about it is, is that they, mo- most people, all they care about is like, do are my kids going to have a good education? Are yeah. my kids going to have enough to eat? Do I have to drive over the same pothole over and over and over again <laughs> on my way home? Because man, I've had to purchase tires four times in the last year. And that's way too many times to purchase tires. That's too many. Is my gas tax going to be, is my gas bill going to be too high? Who's going to lower gas taxes? You know, they think about just the regular everyday things of life of like, what's, what are my nuances or nuances? Yeah. Nuisances. That's what I'm looking for. What's my, what's my nuances? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. That's a word. What are my grievances and who's going to fix them? Yeah. You know, like who's going to fix the pothole? That's all Mary cares about. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, Tim. Yeah. Yeah. Tim and Mary, Tim and Mary, that's, yeah. they care about who's going to fix the potholes and that's what they think. That's what they think politics is. That's what they think government is for. Right. Is to do that. Right. And, and really it's, it's not, it's just, a. it's supposed to be a necessary evil of a way of organizing society to where that you could, you could have some arbitration yeah. for things like governments, according to our founding fathers were instituted among men deriving their just powers from the consent of the government, from the consent of the governed, uh, for, for protecting rights. Yeah. So they saw anarchy as a means of not being able to protect rights. That's why we have a state because you have certain inalienable rights and uh, life, liberty, property. Among those are life, liberty, and property. Yeah. And so to protect those, they instituted governments, they instituted the state. Um, but a lot of times when people grow up and they're, like I said, they just want their potholes fixed or they want to make sure their children are going to have a good education or anything like that. And we've kind of lost our way in the political realm, I would say. Yeah. And the further we get from Liberty, the worse everyone as a society and as a whole becomes. Yeah. And that's played out many times in history. So we have to get back to a, uh, a place where people are left alone. That's where I want to be. Don't hurt anybody. Don't take their stuff. I like it. Do you want to do some news? I do. We kind of dove right in. And we went straight in. I didn't even get a chance to vent <laughs> about my day yet. Oh I didn't know God. if anybody wanted to hear about it. Yeah, Probably sure. Probably not. Have you been on the phone again all day? Well, I have, but it's more so of like this whole life, liberty, and pursuit of meaning sometimes. You know, you had a rough day with no hope. Yeah. And I had a day where... You ever have one of those days where you kind of just want to crawl in a hole? Yeah. And nobody can talk to you for just a little bit. It's today. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those days. And I think (laughs) most people out there have those days. You know, it's not that I'm ungrateful. I am grateful for everything that I have. I'm grateful that I can, I'm grateful that I can even have stress. Yeah. But there's sometimes life gets to you in a way and you're just like, man, what? is the point. <laughs> I didn't go that far. I have one of those but days it's too. pretty close. It's pretty close. And then that's where you have to remind yourself of this whole meaning thing. Like you're doing it. Even if you feel 
let's say, overwhelmed, perhaps you're sacrificing your present condition, even your present stress levels for the lack of stress that could potentially happen in the future if you do everything uh, meaningful and correct today. Yeah. Yeah. So you just have to look at, it's not that life will really slow down. I saw this meme the other day. I thought it was hilarious. It was like, adulting is always just looking and saying, oh, everything's going to slow down next week. And it never does. But that's not true because life doesn't slow down and stays the same speed technically. But but scientifically, (laughs) scientifically, it goes at the same pace. But I think the older you get, the faster life goes. And I believe that's because you start to adopt more responsibility and the more the more responsibility you can adopt, the, the more load that you can carry on your shoulders um, starts to weigh you down. But it also, that's what provides you meaning. The, the more responsibility that you can bring on yourself and how doesn't matter how many businesses you're running or um, how many kids you got or whatever is your stress level, that's what actually brings meaning in your life. So you have to kind of balance that with like, man, I feel overwhelmed. And then also I'm grateful for the ridiculous opportunity I have to live the best life possible. You know, in um, personality types, they've they've pinpointed that people who are better at delaying gratification, that those people are more likely to be successful in life. And that sounds a lot like something you said a second ago, which is that you have to keep telling yourself that this, you know, what are you working towards uh, in the future that's going to make everything better? You know, maybe... You know, we're building a business right now, not just this podcast, but businesses right now. (laughs) And uh, that gets really stressful. And you just keep wanting to take on more and more because you want to keep upping the income. You keep upping your responsibility. You want to keep hiring more people. I mean, I'm just waiting to get lucky like Bezos did. Just wait. That's all he did. Gates got lucky. These guys just got lucky. (laughs) I'm just waiting for my time to get lucky. (laughs) It's this tough time that you're going through that people never see when you see someone who's really successful and you say, Oh, that must be nice, must be nice to be them, you know? And you just never really know the pain that someone went through to get where they are. And actually I dealt with some of that on Facebook today also, where we'll talk about here in a sec, you never really know the pain that someone's gone through to get where they are. Maybe they are really wealthy. Maybe they do have a lot of money, but you don't know what their life was like. You know, most of the time you don't know how they grew up. You don't know whether or not they were wealthy when they were growing Mm -hmm. up or whether or not they worked 120 hours a week to save up money so they could start their business. You actually, most of the time people don't know that they, they make assumptions about people. So like when people look at Jeff Bezos, they'll say, well, I assume he grew up wealthy and grew up with rich parents or the, they'll look at, you know, Bill Gates or Steve Jobs and just assume that they grew up really wealthy or that they grew up really rich parents. You know, um, Steve Jobs and uh, and uh, what was, uh, Steve Wozniak, they started Apple computers with $1,400. Steve Jobs sold his car for 1200 and Wozniak sold his calculator for a couple hundred. That's wow. A nice calculator. Pretty good. But they Texas sold that. In- Texas Instruments. So they could get the products to start building what they were trying to build. You know, they weren't just starting with a with an immense bank account to, to run towards something. And you never really know what someone had to go through. And it's they found that people who are more willing to delay gratification, who are more willing to suffer through something and wait for their reward, that those people are more likely to... Uh, garner success later in their life. And it reminded me of what you're doing right now. It reminded me of what I went through when I was flipping houses in Nashville uh, to 
to save up money. Um, I was paying myself a, a little over $7 an hour for a couple of years. And you know, I was working over 100 hours a week, at least for, for two, and a half, two and a half years, every single day, seven days a week, uh, flipping houses all the time so I could save up money. And I was paying myself seven bucks an hour during that time. And I was living like I was making $7 an hour the whole time. And then the rest of that, was which you going, should have sued yourself. Cause that's illegal. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm still tied up in court right now over that. <laughs> Waiting on my lawyer to talk to my yeah. lawyer. <laughs> um, yeah. He says I have a good case though. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> so I was able to live like I was making less than minimum wage for a couple of years. I didn't buy anything. I never got any new clothes. I didn't go out to eat. I didn't go out with friends to hang out. I worked all the time from about 6 a.m. until about 2 a.m. every single day. That's what I did. I slept in a van sometimes outside of the house, the van that had all the tools in it. I slept in it. Well, that was just to make sure no one stole our tools. Yeah. So, because uh, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Issue a <laughs> that times. happened too. But anyway, you have to be willing to delay gratification because suffering through really hard times, that's what business owners have to do for a long time because you don't just start a business and then everything's okay mm-hmm. and you just have plenty of money and, and you're just rolling it, sleeping on beds of cash. You have to be willing to put that before other people, which is really difficult. You have to choose that goal over important people in your lives. Sometimes you have to put off seeing your family and your friends and your loved ones a lot. And hopefully several years down the road, you can have some success to show for it. Or maybe you've at least found some type of meaning out of all that and and enjoyed partially what you've done, or you can move on to something better. And that I feel like is why I spend so much time trying to defend business owners all the time. Not that all of them are perfect, or they're really good people, or they all have this rags to riches story that I have. But, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, um, not that Still they all have that, that story. Riches part, <laughs> but but you know, most businesses are small businesses. There's almost 30 million businesses in mm-hmm. the U.S., and we pay attention to like 10 of them. We pay attention to the Fortune 500. Yeah, we, yeah, even that, <laughs> Fortune 500, which it's, we don't, I mean, probably most people can't name 500 companies. Literally, right. people base their opinions of free market capitalism off of like max 10 businesses, and that's it. And yeah. they completely forget about the other 29 million people who are struggling to create a better life for themselves and their family. And what they do is they, they come up with these policies and these assumptions and this hatred for those top 10 people that have detrimental effects on the other 29 million people and that and and the rest of the society is hurt because of that mm-hmm. and so while we spend a lot of time defending business owners these wealthy people all the time it's not really them that i'm defending it's the idea that you can make something of yourself that you can work work really hard and create a whole lot of value and make society better and give people something that they want and that you can make a really good living for yourself being able to do that. And yeah, you can have something to show for it. You can have a a couple nice houses and maybe an elevator in your house and then a spare Lamborghini or two. If you become really successful. If you make it to that point. But, but the amazing part is, is that everyone has the ability to at least strive to do that. And we have to make sure when we, when we have all these, these uh, I don't know, all of these feelings that we have about people in the top, the evil top 1%, that 
that those laws that we talk about or those those assumptions that we make that that those aren't things that are actually going to hurt all of the other 29 billion million people who are trying mm-hmm. to start their own businesses. So anyway, um, this is the Good Morning Liberty podcast, by the way. Thanks for listening. <laughs> uh, no, um, you want to do some news now? Yeah, let's go on to some news. I guess we can, you know, we can look at the Thomas Massey thing since we were talking about government and the idea uh, overall of why we've instituted this government. And uh, maybe we can talk a little bit about the Patriot Act for a second. Because well, can I first, I, I just thought about this. I want to give some people some practical advice for yeah. what we just went over. We just spent about almost a half an hour, I think. Um, 23 minutes. We spent a yeah. little over 20 minutes, which is good. Your camera's skipping around, by the way. That's why I'm not, I'm just going with the front cam today. Yeah, I was wondering yeah. about that because I really needed a Coke Zero. Yeah. So I'm going to need you to go on a tangent for a little bit. Okay. But, <laughs> <laughs> all right. But, uh, so we got to do it live guys. So I need him to talk and switch to his camera so that I can <laughs> fill my mouth with this Coke zero, this yeah. delicious Coke zero, because look, I have a great voice, but it requires, um, some, some liquid Syrup. when it gets parched. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but to give you some practical advice on the first 20 minutes that we talked about is that I, I love this rule from Jordan Peterson in his book, 12 rules for life, which is compare yourself to who you were yesterday, not to who someone else is today, because that's the mistake people make a lot of the times. The mistake they make is they look at guys like Bezos. They look at guys like Gates. They look at uh, all these business owners, these wealthy people, and they compare themselves to who they compare themselves to those people and where they're at right now. Yeah. You know what? It doesn't matter if it's Kardashians or whoever it is. Now look, some people got lucky like the Kardashians, right? (laughs) And now they are worth billions. You know, Kylie Jenner started her own makeup, you know, line or whatever. And it's billion dollars, right? Yeah. Um, she kind of came from money and that does give you a leg up, but for everyone else, you shouldn't compare where you're at right now in life to where those people are currently. What you should do is compare yourself to who you were yesterday and ask yourself, man, am I, am I doing a little bit more today than I was yesterday? Am I improving? Am I working towards the goals that I have set? Who cares about anyone else? And I'm not saying who cares. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not saying you shouldn't care for other people, but when it comes to your own success, it's instead of comparing to all of these rich people and saying, this is not fair, look in the mirror and be like, okay, there's a few things in my life that I could clean up at least, you know, like I know, that I probably need to sweep my kitchen floor because I'm tired of walking on crumbs. And that would <laughs> at least keep you from walking on crumbs. And then maybe the next day there's something else that you could do. Or, you know, when you set a goal out for five years, then each, every single you have, there's 365 days in a year times five, you have over 1500 days to improve on that. Yeah. You know, so <clears throat> each and every single day you can compare and then you can look back and be like, man, where was I five years ago? We did this uh, yesterday when we were listening to old music that we yeah. had done and we mentioned on the show, like, wow, look how far we come. And like, at least we were like, we, at least we put ourselves out there. And now looking back 10, 15 years ago, we can be like, look how far we've come. And that's the improvement that you want. And it's, it doesn't happen overnight. Just like going to the gym. You're not going to wake up in the morning with six pack abs because you went to the gym <laughs> one time. Yeah. You know? So anyway, there's some practical advice for you guys. Let's get on to some news. (laughs) Well, real quick, you know, why don't I just go ahead and tell everyone about this conversation I had on Facebook today while you're getting your Coke Zero. Yeah, let's do that. I'm going, so 
I had this conversation. I don't know if you guys listened to our episode. Was it yesterday's episode? We talked about Colin Kaepernick? Yes, that was yesterday. Yeah. Okay. So yesterday we talked about Colin Kaepernick. And we we did this thing where, you know, Colin Kaepernick, he, he wore this shirt that said Kunta Kinte on it. And I didn't, you know, I didn't much care for that. Reason being, Kunta Kinte is the name of a... Uh, African slave who was in the series in the novel Roots. And I had an issue with someone like Colin Kaepernick, uh, who has been paid millions of dollars to play football, who got paid a million dollars to act in Nike ads. I had an issue with him wearing this shirt, likening himself to an African slave. And we went on this rant about how, yeah, this represents slavery. Yeah, he made a million dollars, definitely, uh, doing ads for Nike. He got paid $40 million from the San Francisco 49ers. He's a slave, right? He's got, he understands exactly what the African slaves went through for sure. Uh, we should remake Roots and do it on Colin Kaepernick's uh, life story. You know, that, that, would be, that would be an amazing reboot, wouldn't it? So, anyway... I posted, I, I did something I wasn't supposed to do. Which, <sighs> you're back. I did something I wasn't supposed to do, which is I reposted this video. I shared it to some pages where I knew for a fact everyone would completely disagree with what I was saying. And I did that on purpose. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I did. I did it on purpose. And, but hey, sometimes if you pick a fight... Yeah. You'll get a fight. <laughs> I, that's what I was doing. I was trying to pick a fight and I got a fight. And uh, the one thing I always do when I do this is I'll share a video that I know like pro capitalism video to this like Bernie Sanders group. And then I just never look back at it because I don't want to waste my time arguing with people online. The way that people talk to each other online is, is not productive. So I, I really don't spend any time doing that. But I messed up and I went and I looked to see what the comments were. Oops. Yeah, I shouldn't have done that because then I ended up just wasting a bunch of time talking to all these people who did not want to hear what I was saying at all. And as you can imagine, all all the comments through the page were comments about how I was an entitled white guy, uh, about how I just grew up with my daddy's money and didn't know anything, that I was just, why are you going to listen to some white dude talking about roots? All these things. Like you can't read it. Yeah, like I'm not going to see it. Well, you know, what's funny is when they were first commenting, they were commenting on the video, but they didn't realize it was me that was in the video that, that I posted. Ah. Uh. Yeah. So, that, like, I had someone say, this is the comment. That, just think about whether or not you're going, you're going to get a point across when you're saying this. Here's the comment. This loser's daddy owns a vineyard. Are we, suppo- are we surprised he's an entitled dumbass? That was the comment right there. Now, that means... Number one, they creeped my Facebook profile, which is already really weird. Mm-hmm. And it's a private profile, so they had to go through, somehow got through some of my photos. I'm not really even sure how. I have to go look at that. And somehow they went all the way through and got into the fact that my, that my family, that I come from a farm family uh, on, on my dad's side. And that my dad has it. We have a vineyard. It's like a 10-acre vineyard around yeah. the house. Now, those... Grapes don't bring in that much money, by the way. If you were to live off of those grapes, you would be in poverty, uh, really. They're like a nice little retirement egg out there. They're, they're good for that. It's less than minimum wage. It, it would be, yeah. yeah. Um, now, it's 
they're they're good. They bring in money, but but by looking at that, they decided that I was just some an uh, entitled white guy that came from money, right? So that you're making an assumption about someone when you don't know uh, any anything about them whatsoever. Um, you know, I I wasn't even going to go into the fact that I actually grew up pretty poor, and and that we didn't really have any money when I was younger. You know, um, but they wouldn't believe me anyway. Other person said. Ain't no substance in the video. <laughs> the video is what happens in America when entitled kids have spare time and daddy's money. Why all of a sudden, why all of a sudden, well, actually, I said this in the comment. I said, I'm not going to let you guys waste much more of my time, but let me ask, how can you assume I'm entitled and have my daddy's money? Uh, I said, I'm trying to figure out how it's racist for me to say that Kaepernick acting like he's going through anything close to what Kunta Kinte went through is ridiculous and is a massive disservice to the very real conditions that slaves had to endure. But it's not racist for you to take one look at my profile picture and decide that you know everything, that I'm an entitled white guy. And I'm the racist one in the mm -hmm. group. So I had to field all of these, all of these, uh, you know, just these hurls of how the video was somehow racist, which is... Hilarious, because literally in the video, what I'm talking about are the terrible conditions that slaves had to go through and how it is ridiculous for Colin Kaepernick to act like he's had to go through anything like that whatsoever. And so what, what we found, what I found out from this, I'm, I'm not really going to read a whole lot more of them, but what I found is that we all need to think about the way that we talk to people online. And it's actually something that we've talked about before in some of the speaking engagements that we've done. We need to think about how we're talking to people. And I conducted myself pretty well. I never hurled any personal insults. So there's no point in doing that. That means that you don't have a very good argument, by the way. If you start digging at someone personally, it means you're wrong on the argument you're trying to make, by the way. Just go ahead and use that as a rule. So I didn't get into doing that. I was very kind and polite, and I was asking them how I was racist and how they weren't racist for repeatedly uh, calling, telling me that I was just a white guy and that I was uh, didn't that I needed to stop googling roots and go watch it, <laughs> things like that. Um, and really, what I what I boiled all that down to was, um, we're screwed. And I told Charlie about this earlier. I said, dude, it's conversations like this that just make me feel like there's just, there's just no hope. There's no point, mm -hmm. you know? And then you, you let me know that this is not how everyone feels that, that this is a, that this is a very, very loud, small group of people. Right. So what we have well, to do, and, you know, I'm reading through some of these cause I haven't had a chance to read these and I'm, I'm reading through this as you talk about it. And, and uh, it's very interesting by the way, and it doesn't matter what you say. The comeback is always uh, white boy. Yeah. Get off the Roots Wikipedia page and go watch Roots. Yeah. Like, like how, what kind of, uh, what kind of substance, like substantial argument is that? It's not one. Yeah. You know, it's like you, you're not allowed to have an opinion because you're white. Just like women say you can't have an opinion on women's issues because you're a man. Yeah. Like they, they put you in these groups to where it's your dialogue no longer matters. Yeah. Because you can't have an opinion on anything because, your, the color of your skin's different. Well, how about we try this then? You it, can't have an opinion about rich people because you're not rich. Well, yeah. Well, wouldn't <laughs> that go. be something? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I guess we can't either because we're not rich yet either. Dang it. It's, it's, 
it's just uh i don't know it's it's frustrating that's for sure one yeah and two how do you get past it well i, I think there's some people that you can't you just can't argue with yeah it's never gonna matter and i was even to trying to agree with them i was trying my best to agree with them on as many things as possible yeah, because and, uh, they were they were talking about police brutality and things like that. And I was like, I I agree with you guys that there have been really bad cases of police brutality for well, sure. I like this one from Tiny Tim. By the way, his name, name's Tim Tiny. <laughs> he said, "You would think a libertarian would have at least also done a podcast about police brutality." So did they go listen to all of our podcasts? I don't. I guess did they, they even listen to that episode where we talked yeah. about police brutality? I guess they listened to all 143 episodes before where, he made that assumption. Where they where they listened to us talk about uh, Fidel Castro and and Michael Brown and the case against the kid the 16 year old kid who jumped the fence and got shot in the back, or the case in North Carolina where the other guy got shot in the back, or they listened to any of those where we talked about how there is some. Uh, police brutality problem. Yeah. You know, that, which I, that I, obviously needs to be corrected. That is, even in that episode, we mentioned the fact that there are, it's not even necessarily a 100% the police's fault because there are laws yeah. that are, that are unfair laws. And the, the, we have multiple problems in the criminal justice system. Well, that's why we mentioned the Eric Garner case in New York, because you, yes. would, you would cut out a lot of these terrible things that happened. Listen, Eric Garner did not need to die in New York. His crime was that he they knew that he was a known seller of cigarettes. That was his crime. Cigarettes. That he sold loose cigarettes. Because cigarettes okay. are $20 a pack in New York, by yeah. the way. So he was selling them. Which and, is uh, about $18 worth of taxes. Because cigarettes yeah. still cost about $2 a pack. And so because they wanted to make sure they collected all the proper taxes and you weren't going to other states and buying cheaper cigarettes and then reselling them, they have it as a, it's a law that you cannot sell loose cigarettes. And that is what he was suspected of doing. Which is weird because any other product you buy, you could resell. I know. Every other product in this entire room right now, we could resell. Yeah. Every other one of but, them. But yeah, so literally uh, he, Eric Garner died of taxation. Yeah. He did. That's. He died it's of taxation. I'm dead I know. serious, I know. though. Did we say taxation is theft? Like it's taxation is death. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I'm dead serious. That's an, a literal example right there. But this, uh, I don't know. This blows my mind. As a, <laughs> where he talks about how we didn't do a podcast about armed government agents killing and maiming unarmed citizens under the protection of the law. Uh, yeah, we have Tim. Yeah, yeah. You need to go listen more. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I, lo <laughs> I love that. It's like, uh, all right, that one line, oh, it's from Jordan Peterson. He's like, well, read more. Yeah. Well, Tiny Tim, listen more. The Another guy told me that I should go kill myself. Also, I don't know if you saw that. No, uh, I haven't seen yeah, that. Yeah, he told me. This oh, is, no, I did. He's Yeah, I saw yeah, that. Yeah, so he told His me. His second comment was pretty funny, the though. The best answer. <laughs> <laughs> go watch Roots first, though. Yes. That's pretty funny. Yeah, that's good. He, he told you, he said, please go attach a pipe to the muzzler of your car. The muzzler. I got to find that. I'll go yeah, find that. I don't my, know where that's at. Manual. But yeah. take it into the bathroom with you and close the door behind yourself. <laughs> go watch Roots first, though, <laughs> which I thought was pretty Pretty comical. But it, it, this is something we've talked about before. When you engage with someone on, on the internet, and everyone needs to listen to this advice, you have to ask yourself what the goal of the conversation is. Now, if these guys, if their goal for society is that we should all arm up and fight a civil war and kill each other, 
then they did a perfect job. They did an absolute amazing job moving towards that goal. And so you need to ask yourself when you're talking to people online, what is the ultimate goal? Like if I get what I want out of this conversation, what is that? What is that? Is it that they come over to my side? Is it that they understand where I'm coming from? Is it that they change their beliefs? Or is it that if we see each other, we're going to kill each other? And most people approach conversations online like it's that last one, like that we want to kill each other. When actually, when we talk to people, your goal in the conversation, mine, has to be, um, well, we agree on some things. Let's talk about where we agree. I don't exactly think that I'm racist for saying that I don't think Colin Kaepernick should be uh, likening himself to an African slave. I don't think that that makes me racist. Um, But we can also agree that I think police brutality has been a problem and that we need to do some things to fix it. And uh, maybe we can work together on that. You know, that's that's what I was saying to those guys. Here's a whataboutism. Yeah. If I can. What about? If I may. (laughs) Um, What about the black men that have opinions that agree with us? Are they racist? They're racist. Then? Yeah, yeah, those are racist guys. I don't, I don't understand because yeah. you know, in fact, the other day, maybe it was last, maybe it was the end of last week, I read a post from one of my friends who happens to be black, and he had the same opinion. That's right. Yeah, and he had that opinion before I even did because <laughs> I hadn't even looked at the situation long enough. Yeah, to form my own opinion, and maybe I was partly influenced by his. Who knows? <laughs> But we don't have the same skin color. And so is he racist too? Because he thinks Kaepernick sucks? He uh, obvious, That is obvious blatant racism on it's, his part. This is mind-boggling. What's disappointing the most is that you're not allowed to have an opinion. Yeah. That's what's disappointing. So it's like, and the reason why you can't have an opinion is because of the color of your skin, which in, in and of itself is racist, it by is. the way. That's uh, like... Like white privilege. That's a racist statement. They literally, the first insults from the people on the page were that I was just an entitled white boy. And I was like, "What? why are you guys bringing in the fact that I'm white? Like, I haven't said anything about what anyone's color is anywhere. I mean, our studio looks nice, though. It does look really nice. So when they watch this video, they're like, man. I guess they think we're entitled. What a nice yeah. studio. I couldn't afford a studio like that. Well, you know what? Neither could I 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. We couldn't afford the studio 10 years ago. Most of this equipment was bought over time anyway. Yep. I've had this mic for how long? Five uh, years? A while, four years? Yeah. yeah. Probably. Um, we These things, we've been buying one panel a piece for the last, uh, every two months. That's why it took us so long to start going live. Now, luckily, they're only 50 cents. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it adds up. Yeah. You know, a lot of these things, uh, the lights, the cameras, you know, it's added up over time. And it's like we... Man, we've been busting our ass for yeah years to get yeah. to this point. No, you haven't. You're just you came from money, Charlie. Yeah. You came from money. Now look, I'm. Uh, this is tough because I'm not going to say that. Um, that I might not have certain certain societal advantages that um, someone of a different skin color wouldn't have. Yeah when it comes to maybe being profiled by the police. Yeah. So I can understand that. So if me and another guy growing up as kids were walking down the street, um, a black kid is more likely, even if he's my friend to be profiled more than I would be. Yeah. And I understand that. And I think that's wrong. It's obviously wrong, but like, then again, if the police are looking for a serial killer, they're going to look for you. Right. You know, 
Are there, how many black serial killers have there been? Like one, two. I don't know. The DC killer. I'm, I'm colorblind. Yeah. I don't when even it comes know. To, <laughs> when it comes to serial, serial killers, killers, I don't really search. What <laughs> Honestly, yeah, and that doesn't even yeah. matter. But I think there is some more. There are obvious. Like, look, my neighbors who are black, great guys, got the cops called on him a couple of weeks ago because he was out walking his dog and the neighbor thought he was peeking through windows. <laughs> and the cops came and asked him for his ID. And I told him, like, dude, I wouldn't have given it. Like, I wouldn't give him my ID. He didn't do anything wrong. That's ridiculous that a neighbor, one of our other neighbors back here somewhere, we don't know who it is, decided to call the cops on a black man because he was black outside walking his dog. And like, and I walk my dog out there all the time and no one ever says anything to me. I never got the cops called on me. So there are instances of that type of profiling that maybe, um, I would say that I might not experience, Yeah. but when it comes to, uh, the level of privilege, like we grew up, you and I grew up in trailers. Yeah. We were lucky if we got to go to McDonald's once a week. <laughs> like that was our treat after church on Sunday. We had $20 between three kids and my mom to get a, a number two. That's what I got. I always got a, two, a number two. Two yeah. cheeseburger meal because I thought I got more and it was like four fifty. because <laughs> we each had about $5 we could spend. Now, nowadays, I mean, that meal is probably like eight bucks now. Probably. But back when I was a kid, it was like $4. And so, <laughs> you know, we each could get a happy meal after church on Sunday. We had a 20 extra bucks a week. That was it. And sometimes we didn't even have that, by the way. Sometimes we weren't allowed to get McDonald's. We didn't yeah. drink soda. I drink so many sodas now because I wasn't, we didn't have enough money to buy sodas when I was a kid. <laughs> I grew up in a trailer. I just, <laughs> and it's like, and, and to think that we came from this, you know, from daddy's money, like, look, my dad wasn't around when I was a kid. Yeah. My dad and I didn't have a relationship till I turned 18 and I know they were directing it at you, but it's the same premise because I'm in the video too. So, yeah. so it's the same premise. It's like, you have no idea where I came from. You have no idea what I've done with my life. You have no idea the sacrifices that I've made to get where I'm at. Like we're not the, as far as entitled goes, complete opposite of that. Yeah. And it's like, look, there are plenty of, uh, celebrities and athletes who make way more money than I do. And yeah. probably will make way more money than I ever will. Yeah. In my whole entire lifetime, probably. Their one contract, Kaepernick's one contract of $40 million that he got paid might be more than I ever make in my lifetime. Now, that's not the goal. Yeah. But on statistically, it, it's more. So it's like, where exactly is the privilege that you speak of? I don't, I, I did not find wherever that privilege was either like like I said I spent the last several years working over a hundred hours a week and living like I was making seven dollars an hour so I could save up money I mean there wasn't anyone lining up to hand me money because I was white or anything like that I had to work really hard and save up that money and what really bothers me is just writing people off because of the color of their skin is the essence of racism. That's literally what it is. Right. So taking a look at you or me or anyone else for that matter and deciding that they must have lived some kind of a privileged life, that their life was easy or that they're entitled or that they just came from a rich family or something like that with no basis for that whatsoever is actual racism. And we have to understand that racism can go both ways. And a lot of people don't think that it can, but it, it can, it can go both ways. And what's, this was an instance of it going both ways. What's uh, that reminds me of the Christopher Walken quote from wedding crashers. 
he's talking about um when he's talking about his kid. I think he, he's talking about um Todd. Todd. Yeah. And he's telling him how he grew up with advantages. Oh yeah. Like much like me. <laughs> which is a hell of a lot of advantages. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So like, yeah, look, Trump's kid. You could say, you know, Trump Jr., that guy grew up with a lot of advantages. Yeah. That's some privilege there, you know? But yeah. uh but so do Obama's kids. Yeah, true. A lot of advantages to being the kids of the president of the United States of America. Probably. So it's like, you know, you don't get a $14 million mansion in Martha's Vineyard for nothing. Yeah. That's that's called privilege, by the way. <laughs> if you have a $14 million mansion in the most highly coveted, one of the high, most highly coveted real estate land there is. It is the most. Is it? Yeah. It's the yeah. most. Martha's yeah. Vineyard. Where's that at anyway? Yep. Uh, up in um, Virginia, uh, Maryland, it's like up in yeah, Delaware, up in, up in the Northeast somewhere, I think. So, OK, 47 like minutes over, in. Let's talk about the news. <laughs> sorry. Uh, is that even is that over like uh, I California I, stuff? I don't know. I've I really haven't looked at it. That's a lot. Much. It's a lot. Um, so the Patriot Act. We have this thing from Thomas Massey that I wanted to get to at least today. Now, do you want to read on this? Because you've been one of the most avid supporters of the Patriot Act uh, yeah. that, that I've ever met. Well, you know, so, Nate, I'm a patriot. Yeah. that's How could you not? So how could you disagree with this act? Because yeah. it has patriot in the name. So it has to be patriotic. And to Mel Gibson, this. it's a great movie. Yeah. I watch that movie all the time. Yeah. So anyway, Congressman Thomas Massey, this is from his Facebook post, by the way. Uh, So he said, today, while everyone is distracted by the impeachment drama, Congress will vote to extend warrantless data collection provisions of the Patriot Act by hiding this language on page 25 of the continuing resolution that temporarily funds the government to sneak this through Congress will first vote to suspend the rules, which otherwise gives us and the people 72 hours to consider a bill. So that's impressive in and of itself right there. Um, We're not going to let you have a chance to consider the bill. We're going to suspend those rules that give you a chance and you just have to pass it first to see what's in it later. Yep. Now, if I was hiding language, page 25 seems a little early, <laughs> but <laughs> they didn't want to get accused of doing anything wrong, I guess. But he, he took a screenshot and like highlighted yeah. where, where this provision was. And basically they're extending the expiration of the warrantless data search, all your metadata and all that stuff that the government's been doing. That was exposed by Snowden back in 2016, exposed by others before him. That's still going on to this day where the NSA, the CIA, all these people have access to all kinds of your data that was supposed to expire in December of 2019, December 15th is now going to be extended till March. And then in March, they'll keep doing the same thing. So he goes on to say the scam here is that Democrats or are alleging abuse of presidential power while simultaneously reauthorizing warrantless power to spy on citizens that no president should have in a bill that continues to fund everything the president does and wavering their own rules to do it. I predict Democrats will vote on a party line to suspend the 72 hour rule. But after the rule is suspended, I suspect many Republicans will join most Democrats to pass the continuing resolution with the Patriot act extension embedded in it. It's quite possible that your member of Congress doesn't even know the Patriot act reauthorization is in the continuing resolution Here's a phone directory of the House of Representatives saying, call your representative there. <laughs> now, what is a continuing resolution? 
Uh, it's just where they agree to keep spending money they don't have for a certain amount of time. Yes. Yeah. I, so just, essentially, I just passed one with my bank the other day, actually. <laughs> yeah. Essentially, they are running out of money again. We're yeah. close to a trillion dollar deficit for the year. Um, and they need more money to fund the government. Otherwise, the government's going to shut down. Now, this happened last year, I believe. Mm -hmm. And Trump was like, yeah, until we get funding for the wall, I'm going to keep it shut down. And I think they allocated like, what, $6 billion for the wall or something eventually. This was actually, um, it was in December last year too, I think. Yeah. Pretty sure. Yeah. And you had some, you know, most employees still got paid or whatever. But anyway, they, they the always get down. back pay. And that, they get back pay. Yeah. But look, they're, they do this on purpose. If you ever, like, when they talk about bills having pork in them, yeah, this is like what they do. So this is a, this is a spending bill, by the way, Yeah, that they're going to stick a provision of the Patriot Act in. <laughs> so how because does... you have to vote for the spending bill or you're voting for a government shutdown. Right. So that's the problem. So now you're tied to voting for this bill or getting accused of being the reason that uh, postal workers aren't getting their paychecks or, or whatever it is. So when Tom, when Thomas Massey votes against this, there people are going to call him out and be like, yeah. "Oh, well, clearly you don't care. You don't want you want the government to shut down." Yeah. It's like, no, actually, I just don't want to be spied on anymore. Yeah, and just you know, if I can say real quick, if you're a Trump supporter, you should hate the Patriot Act as much as we do. Because how did this whole nonsense with the Russia scandal start anyway? It started with a with a probably corrupt FISA court warrant to start spying on Trump. That's how it started. And the problem is, this is always going to be corrupted. This is always going to be taken advantage of. And if you think that it's okay for Donald Trump to have the ability to get warrantless surveillance on anyone in America, you also have to be okay with whoever the next president is doing that. Maybe it's Trump for the next time, but hey, then maybe it's whoever, I don't know, some one of Clinton's kids, something like that. You got to be okay with the Democrats having that ability too. And this is what happened. At that point in time, this is how that happened. This is how they were able to spy on Trump was through this phony dossier so they could get a FISA court warrant so they could start tapping his phones. And it was because of the Patriot Act that they were able to do that. So you should be as against it as any old libertarian is. Because at the end of the day, the founding fathers, if they knew that people were supporting this, they would buy all the guns and they would take this freaking thing back tomorrow, just based on the Patriot Act. Okay? That's the pure and simple case. The government should not have the ability to spy on people without warrants to collect your data. Good Lord, can you imagine if you found out that Facebook, I mean, think about how people get all bent out of shape about like Facebook using your data. And stuff like that. Like, what if it was just well known that they could turn on your microphone and your camera at any time and collect all of that information all the time? Which they do. Now, they, now I've read several things saying that they, <laughs> they do not use the microphone, that it's actually, it, there's a little trickier algorithms to use that. But then again, like, let's say that they do. Are you guys okay with that? Are you okay with Facebook being able to turn on your microphone? Why not? Why I mean, good Lord, they're using it so they can send you products they think you might like. Who knows what the government's doing with it? And that, the problem is you can't let anyone have this power. 
You cannot have let them have this power because you never know who the next person that's going to be in control is. You don't know how corrupt the next Democratic president's going to be. If you're a Democrat, you don't know what the Republican president, whoever he is, is going to use this against future people. That's the problem with the big government is that it, this big, massive, overreaching government requires politicians to be selfless individuals. And that does not exist, especially in politics, especially. I just read this. Guess who the th- uh, there were three Republicans voting no when this uh, first passed. Um, the majority of uh, this was in 2001, October 23rd, uh, Republican Representative Jim Sessenbrenner, who introduced this appalling legislation. <laughs> Um, most Democrats voted yes. There were 66 no votes and there were three Republicans that voted no. Uh, they were Robert Nay of Ohio, Butch Otter of Idaho. And guess who the third one was? Opposed? Yes. Um, Ron Paul. Ron Paul of yeah. Texas. <laughs> and then, uh, it passed the Senate 98 to one, by wow. the way. So one person didn't vote and the only descendant being Russ Feingold. Who the heck is that? You never heard of Feingold? I guess not. Yeah. I don't Russ know. Russ Feingold of Wisconsin <laughs> was uh, the lone no vote. Now you would have more. I think you would have, you know, Mike Lee would probably vote no. Um, Obviously, you Rand know, Paul I think we'll no. see Rand Paul vote no on this continuing resolution. Oh, yeah. Thomas you know? Massey will. Justin Amash is going to vote no. And Yeah. Well, and, they already had, they had the House vote um, okay. al- already. And so those people, you're right. And actually 10 Democrats voted against it as well. Surprisingly enough, AOC being one of them because of the Patriot Party. Really? Yeah. That's that's hmm. crazy. That's that's crazy. And literally, she's doing it. So probably it literally is crazy. Yeah. But that's pretty bad when she can tell that this is a bad idea because she thinks any stupid idea is a good idea. <laughs> so the fact that she could figure out that this was a bad idea, I mean, that should really tell you something. There's no way you can have an opinion on her actions, though, because she's a woman. That's true. I can't, so, I can't even talk about what she did whatsoever in You politics. can actually you can talk about it, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's not going to matter because, you know, she's a woman. Yeah, you're and right. You're a man. We, let's, not, let's only talk about male politicians from now on, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so anyway, this... I mean, do you think the founding fathers would have uh, agreed with the Patriot Act, regardless of the timing, regardless of, you know, regardless of what happened on 9-11? You really think Thomas Jefferson would come in here right now and be like, oh, you can snoop on anyone's stuff at any point in time without ever having to talk to anyone about it? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. 9-11. I no. think there would have already been another revol- yeah, revolution. Exactly. <laughs> that drives me nuts because all these people who pretend like they care about the founding fathers and the yeah. things that they stood for will stand for something that the founding fathers they would have they they would have set the stuff on fire by now they would have already done it. It's insane to me that we haven't reached a point where, and to me, I guess the Americans just don't care enough. Yeah, you know, I saw something the other day. I believe in the 2016 election there were. Over a hundred million registered voters who didn't vote. Yeah. And it's like, there are many people out there who just don't care. Yeah. They don't care. Or maybe they were like, ah, two horrible choices. I'm not going to, I'm not even going to go. It's not worth my time. I don't know. But a lot, I don't know. A lot of people, I feel like they, they have all these opinions, but they actually just don't care. 
Yeah. They don't care if they if they have your data. They don't care if you they suppress your speech or whatever. And it's this whole thing like, oh, you know, they came after the journalist, but I didn't say anything because I wasn't a journalist. It's that whole mindset yeah. of like, well, if it doesn't affect me in my backyard, well, there's no reason for me to voice an opinion. Yep. You know? And that's why we have to do what we have to do. Let's end on some good news. What you got? The UPS drone. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about this for, you know, just a little bit before we sign off here because I got to go soon. Um, man, you know, my schedule dictates this whole thing. It does. Literally. <laughs> I sit here eagerly awaiting the podcast from about 745 in the morning. I'm ready to hit go live. Mm-hmm. Uh, just waiting for Charlie to say the word. And it yeah. normally ends up being around like 4 p.m. Not always. <laughs> no. <laughs> tomorrow, we, tomorrow we might be able to get to it sooner. But uh, but let's end on some good news. This coming from Reuters. The UPS drone makes first home prescription deliveries for CVS. This is pretty cool. I saw this the other day, actually. Uh, so out of Los Angeles from Reuters, United Parcel Service Incorporated, UPS, the brown guys. <laughs> flight forward, drones have flown prescription medications to the front lawn of a private home and to a retirement center. The UPS unit's first revenue-generating deliveries for drugstore chain CVS Health Corp. Flight Forward's maiden delivery flight on Friday in Cary, North Carolina, beat rivals in one phase of the race for the Nansiant Market. Yeah, maybe. Nansiant Market. The second drone flight delivered medications to a public space at a retirement community. The packages, roughly the size of small shoeboxes, were lowered from drones hovering at an altitude of about 20 feet. UPS and CVS said on Tuesday the deliveries were the first of their kind under a program approved by the U.S. Federal Aviation Administration. Got to have that FFA approval, FAA approval. Regulators are still hammering out rules for how the unmanned winged vehicles will operate in U.S. airspace, and guidelines are expected in 2021. This is awesome, by the way. Yeah. I I think I was talking to my girlfriend about this, and she was like, "Ah, I don't really know how I feel about, you know, prescriptions. It's kind of private information just being released through the air. You know, which, you know, kind of seems a little, um, I would say she's right in some areas, but in in another area, like it's still cool. Well, like maybe you would be outside to like get your package and make sure no one else could get it. Well, because like, what if you're, what if it's dropping narcotics or something? Well, I'm betting they're not going to do like, (laughs) I'm betting they're not going to do narcotics. A crowd of people waiting for it to drop. (laughs) There will be people up on the rooftops with snipers ready to shoot things down (laughs) so they can get the narcotics. I bet you they're not dropping actual narcotics. But then again, how do people know whether it's narcotics or not? I mean, you know, I don't know. How does this work? You know, one thing I wanted to say first is that people already do ship medications through the mail. You can get a lot of medications shipped to you through the mail. Mm -hmm. My assumption is this is all of those medications that were already okay to be shipped through the mail, more than likely. Um, But the really cool thing about this is that it can be a lot faster. You can have same-day prescriptions for people who maybe are too sick to go to the doctor and get their prescription, or maybe they are too old to drive there or something like that or they don't have time like there's this there's a lot of really cool opportunities in this um so this this really can help a lot of people who can't make it to the pharmacy there's obvious safety concerns that everyone's going to raise but i'm i'm betting that they're just doing this with the same medications that it was already okay for them to ship 
via UPS. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm, I don't think there's going to be little drone copters with, uh, with you know, Vicodin on them or anything like that. Honestly, I think that'll start the drone wars, and I think that they'll start probably getting <laughs> shot down all the time, and they'll end up getting, like, hackers are going to take over their radio signals and fly them down. So I don't, I don't think they're going to do that, honestly. Now, this is good news, but I, I the reason why I saw this, uh, I think it was last week, is because... Let me show you how much of not a free market we have. Yeah. Can I do that? <laughs> Here's a new market. Because, well, so this is really cool, but you also know there are other companies trying to do this. Yeah. And so this coming from Business Insider, UPS beat out Amazon and Google to become America's first nationwide drone airline. <laughs> it's, so It's a government. <laughs> the U.S. Department of Transportation said Tuesday it granted its first full Part 135 certification for a drone airline to UPS. Since March, UPS has conducted revenue-generating drone deliveries in the WakeMed Hospital campus in Raleigh, North Carolina, in collaboration with the drone technology company MartyrNet. Now, UPS can deliver goods anywhere in the country, beyond visual line of sight and at night, with the approval and cooperation of the FAA, the Federal Aviation Administration. It's a major step for proving the worthiness of the highly regulated and much-hyped technology. Uh, What you don't know, though... (laughs) What they fail to tell you is that Amazon and Google were trying to do the same thing, but the the government picked one. Yeah. I, so this is how much of a free market we have. Oh, only one gets a certification. Hey, this is a l- literal government enforced monopoly. Yes, that's exactly what there it is. Are multiple companies that want to do this, and they decided to let one be allowed to do it. Multiple companies have the money and the technology yeah. to offer you drone delivery, but. Nope. So we, UPS. you know, we need the government to stop monopolies, right? Because if it weren't for the government, there would just only be one company that would be providing you with things, right? But instead, because of the government, we can only have one drone flight service. And that is the case most it's, of the time. It's but, ridiculous. By the way, uh, it is very difficult to maintain a an actual monopoly. Where you, where you are the only provider of something. I guarantee you in our lifetime, our, like our passenger airlines will be drone. Yeah. And I guarantee you they're going to do the same thing. It's gonna, like Delta is going to be the first company that's going to be allowed to do it. Yeah. You know, even though all the other companies are going to have enough money to invest. So then if you want to fly a drone, they're going to make it so ridiculously expensive because they're going to be the only company that gets to do it. And then when they finally let everybody else in, then the prices will start to come down. It's yeah, it's just that. This is what... And then, you know, 50 years down the road, we'll talk about how we have to stop UPS because they're a monopoly. And everyone will forget this right now Mm -hmm. when they were the only company that was allowed by the government to start doing this. And then when they're the only company and they were on a new generation of people, everyone will be like, see, we need antitrust laws against CVS and UPS because they've only got one company providing these things. That's, yeah. that's how this kind of stuff happens. You wait. The next generation just assumes that this is some kind of natural free market monopoly that's happened. No one digs up the news story that says that the FAA literally is only allowing one company to do it. So um, and all these regulations, like, you know, reading this, the, the package regulation, that can only be five pounds. Yeah. You know, which they make sense i guess because you want 100 pound packages flying around well, above your head yeah i guess if they fall you don't want them to <laughs> if be they able to fall. hit anyone but yeah. if they do then you could just sue the company yeah. like it's their fault for 
uh, creating a faulty drone. And, that, and more than likely, the company will regulate itself and exactly. make sure that nothing bad happens. Uh, because they don't want to be liable for any of those damages. But you know, those regulations make it more expensive. That's what yeah. people don't get. Yeah. Regulations cost money. And especially in markets like the healthcare market, they cost a lot of money. And guess who pays for it? <laughs> you, you do. Not Mexico. Nope. You pay Not for China. it. Not China. Not the rich. All right, dude. Well, yep, let's go. I got, I got a game. Man. Okay, guys. Thank you so much for listening today and watching online on YouTube and Facebook. You guys can do that every single day on our Facebook page. Look up Good Morning Liberty. Go to our YouTube channel. That's Good Morning Liberty. Look us up on Instagram. Go follow us. It's at Good Morning Liberty and on Twitter as well at Good AM Liberty. And go to our website, GoodMorningLiberty.us. If you want to read some great, some perfect, just the most perfect and beautiful, just the most perfect, beautiful, big articles you've ever read on economics. I think you ever. put up one today we didn't get to, which yeah. was the Chick Fil A story. Maybe yeah. we can do that tomorrow. Yeah, about the terrible business decision yeah. that they just made. So you guys yeah. have to stay tuned for that. I also told you we're going to have another big giveaway coming up. So you guys got to keep listening. Listen for that announcement because we're not going to tell you anywhere else but on the show. <laughs> That's not true. We'll tell you somewhere else. But you guys got to stay tuned for all of that. You have to go to our shop and support this show uh, because we are entitled <laughs> and the only way we can become rich is if you give us all your money. Yep. <laughs> so we need to live up to these accusations of being rich white guys. <laughs> so please <Yeah. laughs> go get something for yourself in return. If you can support this show, go to goodmorningliberty.us slash shop, or you can go to gmlconnect.com. That's gmlconnect.com. There you'll see a link to all of our goodies there. Like Nate mentioned, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You'll have links to that. You'll also have a link to our shop where I mentioned that you could purchase items to support the show. We'll send you something cool. And we get your money into our bank account. We can live up to the <laughs> accusations of being entitled rich white guys. Um, and until then, we'll remain poor uh, white guys. And <laughs> if you guys do all that, leave us a rating and review five stars if you think the show is worth it. And we'll be back again to do this tomorrow. hope you guys have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. Ah, mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.